Hi, so welcome to the Handover Podcast. This is our second episode. Um, today we're going to be talking about branches of nursing and why we chose that. And we're going to get an origin story from some of the academic staff here at the university. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. Um, Louise, do you want to go first? Hello, yes. My name is Louise Bell. I'm one of the lecturers on the children and young people's nursing practice. Um, I've been working at the university since January 2022, so still fairly new. Um, yeah. Tressa? Hi, my name's Tressa. I'm uh, one of the lecturers on the mental health undergraduate nursing programmes. Um, I've worked here since October 2021, so just over a year, although I still feel brand new, I have to say. Charlotte, last but not least, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Charlotte. I'm one of the adult lecturers. I also um, am part of the Clinical Link Tutor team, so I support students out on placement. And I've only been in the role for a couple of months. Amazing. Great to meet you all. Thank you for coming and, and being interviewed today. So we want to have a little chat about the branches of nursing that you all work in. I'm, I'm an adult nurse by background. My story is probably a bit boring, so I'm going to kind of open it up to you guys. So who wants to open up and share first? I don't mind. Okay, Louise, t- tell us a bit about your route into nursing. Um, okay, so I never grew up with a burning desire to be a nurse. Always thought I would work with children because I've got older siblings who've got children of their own. So I grew up with nieces and nephews um, and really fancied myself as a bit of a Miss Honey from Matilda teaching primary school children. So that's where I was going to be. Then met someone who was very close to me and got diagnosed with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So for people that don't know, that's a form of cancer um, and therefore spent a lot of time in and out of hospital on adult wards and got talking to the nurses. For those of you in the room who know me, I'm quite chatty and will make friends with just about anyone. So as you can imagine, did that with all of the patients. And the nurses there suggested, you know, why don't you think about nursing? No disrespect to any adult nurses, but I don't see myself within that role and didn't realise that children's nursing was a thing. Just thought you went to uni, trained as a nurse and you were a nurse. Um, So that opened my eyes to new possibilities and then decided to have a complete change of direction, much to my parents' disappointment at the time, um, and reapplied and moved to Edinburgh all within the space of three months and began studying children's nursing at um, Edinburgh University. So that's kind of how I ended up falling into nursing. Um, then stayed up in Edinburgh for about five years, um, trained at the Royal Hospital for Sick Children in Edinburgh, which is in a new building now. But for those of you who ever came across the old building, it looked very much like Hogwarts and it was a fantastic place to work and train. Um, because I'm from the Northeast and was one of very few people from the Northeast, stood out like a sore thumb, but probably for the good reasons. Um, it's quite a friendly accent and people tend to make friends with you quite quickly. Um, so yeah, stayed up there, ended up getting a job on one of my favourite wards. So it was in paediatric neurology. Um, and then eventually moved back to the Northeast in 2016, 2017 and started working at the Great North Children's Hospital. Stayed there for a while. I worked a little bit in neonates in uh, neonates in the RVI. Didn't really like it, to be honest, kind of fell into that. Had never really had a desire to work within um, neonatal care and found it quite difficult coming from a ward with children who spoke and that you could kind of bounce off and have a bit of a conversation with to it being very isolated nursing and a lot of one-to-one nursing as I'm sure Charlotte will come on to because I know she she's been there as well and then a job came up in pediatric oncology which I loved so moved over at oncology it was quite similar to, to neurology in terms of the patients that were there it was quite long-term nursing care and then 
had another shift due to personal reasons and work and shifts was quite difficult at the time. Um, so then got an opportunity to work in a community team within the school nursing role um, and loved that. And then went on to do a postgraduate qualification at Teesside for my specialist community public health nursing in health visiting. And I've spent the last couple of years working within health visiting and, and children's safeguarding in um, the northeast. And then found myself in academia come January 2022. So that's kind of a little bit about my journey in the nursing. Very interesting. We're going to come back and ask some questions about that. I've got a couple already that I've learned. Tressa, do you want to kind of tell us a little bit about your origin story, as it were? I mean, mine probably isn't half as interesting as Louise's. Um, But basically, so... Summaries are quite similar, actually, which is quite interesting because, Louise, I've never really heard your story in that much detail. So it's, you know, it's quite interesting hearing the similarities. Um, So I also didn't have any desire to be a nurse. I did also want to work with children, funnily enough. Um, Always had an interest in, you know, helping younger people. Always did when I was at school. You know, I I had um, like a took a role looking after the younger students, you know, um, was quite the nerd in school, I have to say, but I absolutely loved it um, and was head girl. So loved that role. Um, you know, everybody used to take the mick out of me for it, but it was, it was just something that I always loved to do. And I remember uh, actually the principal of the school saying you would be really good at counselling. You know, like a lot of the younger students really look up to you and you're quite confident in what you do. And I just thought, well, yeah, maybe that's something I could I could look toward um I did study psychology at school so I had a real interest in that and I thought you know actually counselling would make sense I've studied psychology it's something I really like um and I can also work with children while I do it um so I actually I spoke to a careers advisor because I was a little bit you know concerned at the time when I was looking into psychology it was a little bit difficult um one to get into the courses and two to actually get a job at the end and I had a lot of people say you know you're not actually guaranteed a job it might be you know what not what you expect and things like that so it was actually the careers advisor says, well, why don't you look into kind of mental health nursing? So it's it's a combination of you can work with kids, you can look after people. It's kind of related to psychology in a sense. And genuinely, I had no idea what it was. You know, where I come from in Belfast, mental health is still massively stigmatized. I know it is obviously across the world, but in Belfast, where I grew up, it's just not something that you hear of. It's something that's still kind of very much hush hush, unfortunately. And there's not a lot of services in comparison to the Northeast. So when I applied, I applied for a few different places. Um, actually had no intentions of coming to the Northeast. You know, I wanted to go to Liverpool, of all places in the world. Um, had my heart set on it. And it was actually one of the, the members of staff at Liverpool had said to me, look, you've got no clinical experience. You're coming straight from school. And so we're not really happy to accept you. Um, so I was really disheartened by that. You know, you know, you have your, your heart set on something and you think, oh, well, it's not really what I want. Um, came to the Northeast, had an interview at Northumbria. Loved the Northeast in general. At the time, Sunderland didn't offer mental health nursing, unfortunately, but um, got into Northumbria, studied there and then got offered a job again somewhere that I really didn't want to be. But it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. So my kind of journey has been complete opposite of if you were to ask me, you know, all those years ago in school where I wanted to be, I would be somewhere completely far off where I actually am now, which is really interesting in terms of role, in terms of location. So when I got my job, um, I absolutely fell in love with, well, I fell in love with the role when I was a student, but I absolutely fell in love with the area that I worked in Um, worked there for quite a few years looking after um, long-term complex um, mental health patients, people that had been hospitalized for 30, 40 years. Um, a lot of people that, you know, haven't had many people 
in their lives that supported them. Um, so you took on not just the role of a nurse, you took on basically the role of their family. You know, you looked after them in ways that you could never imagine that you have to look after people. You're there for them in loads of different ways. And I often say, you know, when people ask me, what do you do as a mental health nurse? It's so hard to describe because no two days are the same and you can't actually sum up what you actually do on a day-to-day basis because you, you do things that you never think, you know, I've seen myself dancing and acting a clown. I've seen myself in really serious situations. I've seen myself in really sad situations. Um, so it was really, really eye opening. And I've seen people from loads of different backgrounds with loads of different conditions. And it just really, really like encouraged my love for the, the profession. Um, since I was young, you know, I always wanted to travel. I never wanted to stay home. I don't know if that's a reflection on Belfast, but kind of always knew I wanted to move away for university, always knew I wanted to kind of travel further. So after a few years in practice, I decided to um, move to Australia and work as a nurse in Australia, which was probably the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. Um, I worked as an agency nurse, which was incredible um, for anybody that kind of has any reserves or concerns about, you know, the fear of becoming an agency nurse, you know, it comes with a lot of stigma. People think that they might not be good at it. They might not like going to places they're not familiar with, but you just, you learn so much for, about yourself and about the profession. Um, I was very lucky that I went out with four other friends, so I wasn't on my own, which made it so much easier as well. Um, and there was four mental health nurses and one children's nurse actually, um, that went out. And I worked with an agency called Healthcare Australia and it was fantastic because it was based all over in every major city in Australia. So we got to travel whilst we worked Um, and I worked in some really, really specialist areas um, ranging from, you know, electroconvulsive therapy uh, treatment teams and treatment centres to eating disorder units to psychosis teams um, just really, really specialised areas. And it was brilliant because you literally woke up first thing on the morning and you got a text saying where you were going. So, you know, no two days ever were the same um, out there because you literally were bouncing from place to place. But it gave me a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge around different specialist areas, which was fantastic, um, as well as being able to enjoy the sun. You know, like where else in the world would you rather be? You would finish your shift at 2 p.m. and then you would go out and get to enjoy the rest of the sun. Um, and it was just fantastic. So I would really recommend if anybody's interested in traveling abroad for nursing, definitely do it. Um, then I did come back, went back to the ward that I worked on before I left. So I'm sure they were over the moon to see me after they gave me all my leaving presents. They often made jokes about that um, because I did go back. But, you know, I loved going back, <clears throat> helped them out during COVID. And it was it was probably the best thing for me at the time. You know, it was just rewarding to be able to go back and look after the, some of the same people, some new people as well. Um, but during that difficult time. Uh, and then it kind of got to the stage where I thought, you know, I'm ready for something a little bit different, ready for a new challenge. And that's basically how I landed here at the University of Sunderland. In Reston. Good. I would really say Liverpool's loss is Newcastle. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I always think, every, um, you know, I grew up and my mummy always told me everything happens for a reason. But like when I look back on my life to, to this date, I always think, you know, like even when I had to come back from Australia, I had to come back due to COVID um, and I was devastated. But now, you know, I have this job. I love this yeah. job. I'm getting to help people in a different way. I, I still do work in practice as well. So it's fantastic that I have the best of both worlds. But even, you know, that big negative that I looked at, I, well, thing that I looked at as a negative has now become a really big positive. I wouldn't be sat in this job if I didn't have to come home. So Charlotte. Let, tell me a little bit about your journey into nursing. Similarly to Lou, Louise, um, I started my journey into nursing due to a family situation. So my uh, younger cousin was quite unwell as a small child, which meant that I was quite often exposed to hospitals. Um, it meant that I saw nurses up close and personal in a way that I wouldn't have experienced at that age. I was only sort of um, start of high school. 
Um, at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with life. I was a bit unsure. My parents were both teachers, so I kind of assumed that's something I would do because everyone in my mother's side of the family had always been teachers and the same in my father's side of the family. They just all were teachers for generations and generations. Um, it got to when I was 18 and I still wasn't totally sure, but I, I did decide to apply for nursing. Um, but at the same time, took some time out. So I went and worked um, abroad. So I did three months working in a foundation in Romania. Um, and as part of that, supported nurses alongside them, working with people who were living homeless on the streets um, and a, quite a large gypsy community that was based out there and kind of saw nursing from a different side and, a, and nursing from a different um, a role and position. Um, I then came home for Christmas and then went out to South Africa um, where I worked in a HIV and AIDS orphanage. And again, that gave me an exposure to nursing because I was taking these children to and from appointments, to and from hospitals and a very different hospital setting to the UK. I mean, you can probably imagine African hospitals on the whole don't have a similar sort of standard to UK, even just in the building sense, never mind the standard of care. Um, when I came back from that, I decided I was going to go through with the nursing application that I'd made. So I moved to Nottingham, um, which is where I did my nurse training. So I worked there for three years um, and I fell in love with the city and the job that I was working in. I really loved my management placement, which was neurosurgical. Um, and I stayed there for three or four years, but in that time took a year out as a sabbatical. So paid and supported through the trust there, which was such a gift to be able to go and work out in South Africa for a year where I worked with HIV positive children, again, in the same orphanage that I had when I was 18. However, this time I came back in a voluntary nurse position. So I was caring for those 52 children who had all got complex needs, partly because of their HIV diagnosis, but also because a number of them had epilepsy, their drugs were incompatible. So it meant that a lot of them had a lot of complicated nursing needs. So I spent a year out there and then came back and went back to the ward that I was on. So the job was left open for me and my pension and everything was paid. It was just such a an easy step out and step back in situation. I didn't get the leaving gifts though, I have to say. Sad times. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out there for a couple, a little bit longer. Worked there throughout COVID for the first sort of six months of COVID. We were a COVID positive ward. It was quite a challenging environment to say the least. We were co covered from head to toe in plastic. And we had some really, really unwell patients. We had a lot of COVID positive tracheostomies who were neuro patients. So they were confused. They couldn't be isolated in a side room because they needed to be watched. So we had to cohort COVID positive patients in a bay, which was an ideal practice. Um, and it also just meant that the staff on the whole were extremely stressed and kind of lived in a difficult situation. But we came together as a team, really enjoyed that time that we spent together. And it, it really grew us together as a team. So when I did come to the point where I decided I was moving back to the Northeast, it was really quite hard to leave there. It was a really lovely ward. Um, and I loved the speciality and because I knew that I loved that ward so much. I decided when I moved back to try something completely new, I didn't want to step straight into neuro again here because I knew that I'd make a lot of comparisons and I'd find that quite a challenge. So at that point I moved into um, 35, which Louise mentioned before. So I went and worked at neonatal in the RVI, which I was there for, I think nine months. It might be a little bit more or a little bit less, but it wasn't a place that I particularly loved. Um, I found the the work and the job very, very challenging emotionally. And it just wasn't the, the place that I absolutely loved. It wasn't where I wanted to be. So after those nine months, although I learned absolutely loads and definitely benefited in doing that job, I moved back to neuro. So I moved to neuro in the RVI, which 
after a month or so of me arriving, turned into a neuro and spinal unit. So I then did quite a lot of spinal work alongside the neuro work. I was there for maybe a year and a half, two years before I moved to this job a few weeks ago. And that's where I am now. It's really interesting that you as an adult nurse have gone into a neonatal, child, very child-focused clinical area. Do you think your experiences are that different because of your adult nurse background than probably the ones that Louise had? I think because it's such a specialist area, you can come to it from any angle. I think it was a bigger step for me in many ways because I didn't have that basic child development understanding that I think comes with a child nurse career. I think yeah. you'd probably agree with that, yeah. Louise. I loved it and I loved the speciality. It was very interesting. It was just, a, a, it wasn't the one for me. It wasn't the place where I wanted to be, if mm. that makes sense. You do find from my experience of neonatal care, because you're right, within a paediatric course, you do often get placements within neonatal care. Whereas from what I know of adult nursing, that's not often standard. But what I found, and I don't know if you were the same, Charlotte, but quite often the adult nurses that transition to work in a neonatal care often had had their own children so their perspective of nursing had changed perhaps they had a bit more of appreciation for for neonatal nursing from their own personal experience or perhaps had been on the adult nurse course and thought "Mm, I wonder whether I've chosen the right field and that was a route into paediatrics to some extent if that makes sense that was just my and I know from teaching some of your adult nursing students here at the university their goal is set on neonatal care because of that, they've maybe um, had a little bit of a taste of either having their own children. A bit of or, lived experience yeah, within absolutely. that, in that yeah. setting. And because you can't step into a paediatric role, that's kind of a, a, a way into it, yeah, if that makes I sense. I would say it's fair. I think I I kind of wanted to see that side of it because I hadn't seen paediatric nursing. I hadn't had that experience. I'd chosen adult nursing. Um, because in my eyes, it is more broad or it felt like it was more broad when I was an 18-year-old who didn't really know anything much in the world. It meant that I had that broader experience and that I could step into that neonatal field, whereas as a child nurse, you couldn't step into an adult setting at the time. I think there is possibilities routes and ways and means now into potentially particularly intensive air carriers, intensive care areas. Um, But that is definitely a a reason that I stepped into it because I knew it was something that I could do and it was something I wanted to see if it was for me and if it was something I would really enjoy. For me, I really enjoyed Louise talked about um, struggling with not being able to chat with the baby. I really enjoyed the chats that you had with the parents and the conversations you had with the parents. because That was something that I was so used to on adult wards and chatting with my patients and making them laugh when they were feeling sad or being the clown or being the kind of comforting one that um, Tressa said. And I think that was something that I enjoyed in that area, but it's not something for everyone, I don't think. That's quite interesting, actually. I think I've never thought of it that way, but actually... There's probably more similarities between the branches in that respect than differences. Yeah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned that. You all mentioned it there. And that's quite a, that human element, that communication with people, that interaction with people was the really important bit in all three. That's yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. Do you think, just you, you said something really interesting about like not having a perception of child nursing before you, mm. and then coming to it a little bit later on and not really understanding. Do you think that child nursing and mental health nursing as well, I think, have more of a defined identity than when you were thinking about it when you were younger? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know if I'm looking at it slightly differently because I'm in it, but I think it is definitely more um, widely talked about and probably the same with mental health nursing um, because it is 
a topic that people discuss more openly now. You know, that stigma is slightly reducing within a mental health nurse um, nursing field. Um, within a, a paediatric setting, obviously, that's my area of expertise. I think there's been some quite high profile cases, you know, within the media, which obviously helps to strengthen um, the role of a children's nurse. Um, probably from like um, media broadcasts as well, like TV shows, things like that um, lead into it. But um yeah, I don't know from a mental health perspective. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think, you know, I touched on it a little bit when I spoke about, um, you know, my kind of knowledge or lack of knowledge, should I say, around what the role actually was. And sometimes it's interesting, you know, when we get um, school or potential school leavers coming in and they're kind of, you know, questioning about different fields. Um, and it's interesting when, you know, some of them talk about how they want to be a nurse, but they think they want to be an adult nurse because they're not aware of what the actual roles are within the mm-hmm. other specialties. Um for an example, you know, I had a young girl ask me a couple of weeks ago, so, you know, what do you do as a mental health nurse other than, you know, just sit and talk and reassure someone? And I actually found myself talking to her for for ages about the list of things and the list of specialities that we actually have within the field. And you actually think to yourself, you know, it's, it is a lot bigger than what anybody realizes, even, you know, in my kind of limited time that I've had as a nurse. Um, there's only been so many areas I've worked in. There's been loads of areas still that I haven't worked in. And it's just, it's endless. And you're completely right in saying that it is something that's a lot more widely spoke about now and people are becoming a lot more aware of it, which is fantastic in itself. And hopefully that will encourage people to come into those roles. You know, we, we are increasing the services and sometimes we struggle actually to staff those services, unfortunately, but yeah. hopefully with, you know, the push forward and we, you have, we have celebrities and things coming out now and openly advocating for mental health, um, which is excellent. You know, it gives that light that the mental, the kind of field of mental health deserves, you know, um, there's a lot of people still struggling in silence, but it's about that open conversation and knowing, you know, there are services there and we want people to come into them services and see how great they are and see how great, um, a job you can do as a mental health nurse. And, you know, you can help people in many different ways, not just mentally, you know, you help people get back into work, you help people with social aspects of their life, you help them with like with loads of different things on top of their mental health. So it's, it's really rewarding in that respect. I think one of the things that you kind of mentioned as well, Charlotte, is one of the themes I hear coming through and especially on interview days or open days at the university is people saying things like adult nursing is broader. You know, there's more scope of development within your field. And I suppose an element of that might be true depending on how you look at it. But from a paediatric and probably Tress will agree from a mental health perspective is there's so much scope for different routes. You know, I mean, I trained as a children's nurse I'm currently an academic, whatever that means, but I am. Um, or I was a health visitor. You know, you can go into, there's so many different routes. And I look at some of my friends who I trained with and they're all around the world. Some are in America, New Zealand, um, Asia, Africa, doing very different roles to probably what we thought on year one, two and three of being children's nurses. Um, so I think for me personally, I'm quite passionate about when I do speak to people opening up that food for thought, if you like, you know, you're not just training in one field and you'll always work within that. There's a lot, lots and lots of different routes that you can develop into. Yeah, I would agree as well. And, you know, um, well, we've actually spoke about this, Louise, you know, how much overlap that we can actually kind of work together on to teach because, yeah. you know, with mental health, we're fortunate in that we see people from a very, very young age to a very, very old age. Um, it kind of spans across the whole life, the whole lifespan, to be honest with you, um, which is really, really interesting. And it's it's quite exciting, you know, when you can look after someone and care for someone and, you know, help someone at a young age and then see the complete opposite end of it and look after someone 
kind of of an older generation as well. And they'll have some similarities, but they'll have complete polar differences within them as well. Um, and to have that ability to say, actually, you can work alongside people with both age groups is quite, quite good. I mm-hmm. think for, especially for mental health, that's something that we kind of have within our speciality. Yeah, it's definitely a viewpoint that's changed as I've done my nursing career. Cause I think as you meet people who've done different fields and you chat with them about their job and their, the things that they've covered and the things they've done, it, it just opens your eyes as to how much you can do within the nursing field. It's so much bigger than you ever imagine as a yeah. 18 year old or whenever you apply for your course. So yeah, I think it's interesting because having just done some interviews not that long ago, that question about well, adult nursing has got is actually really broad, is it? Because actually, it's very hospital focused quite yeah. a lot of the time, and I do often wonder is that is that a preconception that people have when they come mm. into it? Mm. And there are all those varied places that you can work in all of the settings. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louise, like going to health visiting mm-hmm. must have been a big change from massive that kind of acute clinical mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Was that transition kind of weird or a bit difficult? Or? Do you know, I think I was lucky in the sense that, I, so I stepped out of um, working in paediatric oncology, um, not through want, because I probably still would be there, but just like I said, through personal circumstance and transitioned into that school nursing role. So my day-to-day nursing life changed slowly, if you like. So I was going from a shift working, 12-hour shifts to Monday to Friday working, Um more of a nine to five office job, I suppose. Um, there was still a lot of elements of clinical nursing because we did drop-ins and probably a lot of focus around mental health and emotional wellbeing because we were dealing with um, school-age children who were teenagers who come with problems and, you know, various different experiences. So we were doing a lot of um, therapeutic work as well as just clinical work because I remember some of the nurses said to me when I left Ward 4 was, you're going to de-skill when in actual fact, I don't really view it as that. I've actually learned more skills, if you know what I mean. So I've still went back and done um, bank shifts and stuff to keep up from a clinical aspect. But you learn a lot more about people when you see them in their own environment rather than just nursing in a in a hospital. And that's something I'm quite passionate about. And we all are in the paediatric nursing team from our students' perspective is we're not training you to be hospital nurses we're training you to have a quite a, a broad spectrum and appreciation of different roles that you can go into. Because a lot of the time with children, as literature suggests, they're best off being cared for at home. They thrive better in their own environment. So we try and educate them around that. So yeah, so be, because I'd had that stepping stone, if you like, from moving from acute setting to school nursing before I did my health visit, and I had a bit of an appreciation of where I was going Health visiting in general, I think, is quite a, a role that people don't really fully understand. There's still a bit of a, a concept. I mean, I've got adult nursing colleagues who've gone into health yeah, visiting yeah. and absolutely love everything. There's out, no, yeah, and one of, yeah, there's one of my best friends trained as a, um, a health visitor as well, who's from a mental health nursing background. And if I'm honest, this is just my opinion. It's a bit of a tale of two halves. Some people will go into it um, because they're quite passionate about child development and working with families and things like um, infant mental health and perinatal mental health um, and supporting families through transition. And there's quite a lot that maybe go into it because it's seen as an easy job because it's a Monday to Friday, nine to five, although it's, it very much isn't, may I add. Um, but I think, to be honest with you, it's it's a very, it's one of them roles that when I try and explain it to people, it's a really hard thing to fully get right, if you know what I mean, because you are sometimes a bit of a jack of all trades. You sometimes do have a social work hat on. You sometimes do have a nurse hat on. 
sometimes you've got a bit of a friend hat on as well because you people are quite vulnerable within them early days of parenting and especially throughout COVID as Charlotte touched on because services kind of dropped out so things like getting a GP appointment was incredibly difficult and from a health visiting perspective we liaise with GPs quite significantly within our role and that was a service that ultimately went to telephone appointments or video calls and and non-patient facing which was quite difficult so yeah so the health visiting role as a whole and how I explain it to to students is a one that is very you're very lucky to have because to actually see people throughout their journey of not necessarily being unwell or not necessarily needing a nurse but you're supporting them through that what are your expectations of parenthood what are you hoping that this journey will be like and then for anyone who has got children will know that it turns your life upside down and all of a sudden everything you thought you knew you no longer know even things like going out to the shop suddenly doesn't take two minutes it takes an hour because you've got to think of a million and one things for not just yourself but for somebody else as well Um, and I learned a lot from that and I think from my perspective is I really like people so I'm interested in people's stories and interested in kind of the decisions they make and why and how they've got to where they want to be and in the area that I worked in it was classified as an area of quite high deprivation so people didn't necessarily have the education around health and there was quite a lot of health inequalities and because my degree in health visiting is a, is a public health degree we got quite good training on what to look out for and how to support people in terms of access and services, education that you can provide to try and enhance enhance their life, if you like. Um, so I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. No, no, I don't really. If I could listen to this all afternoon. If it's making sense or not. Um, but my point is, I suppose, the transition wasn't as difficult because I'd had a bit of community experience. Um, mind, don't get me wrong, I never had any burning desire to be a health visitor, but I've missed it nearly every day since being in academia because I had such a, a very positive I feel relationship with all of my families and like I said I'm quite chatty and will chat to people all day long um and I do feel as though I was able to make a difference because of that you know I I had really good relationships with my families and still see them out and about now which is lovely is that making a difference still a thing that drives you oh 100% 100%, yeah. Because I know, I know when I came to academia, it was very different from my clinical work, kind of emergency sort of care sort of environment. Mm. But now I, I kind of think about it that I, I probably help more people now than I did when I was on the shop floor. Yeah. Because everyone that I make a better nurse than me is going to go out and help other people. Yeah. Like in their clinical practice. And, and that's the way I've kind of justified it in yeah. my head, I think. And I think as well from an academic role, in Charlotte and Tressel will probably... Um, agree with this but there's a lot of pastoral care and I know from some of my colleagues who haven't necessarily had exposure to that that's an area that they can struggle with quite a lot where I feel as though I've transitioned into that part of academia quite well probably from having a health visiting background because there was a lot of time spent Tressa will probably agree with this doing like therapeutic interventions with people and kind of supporting people and recognizing where they were potentially struggling and trying to bridge the gap if you know what I mean So from that PAT role that we have here at the university, I really enjoy that because it's time spent one-on-one with people and thinking, right, how can I help you? And you're still kind of getting that reward from it, if you like. What do you think? I would massively agree. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Louise. Um, you know, 
which we're still supporting people. It might not be in a hospital environment. It might not be in, you know, the most kind of severe environment, but you're still helping people. You're still involved in that person's development, just a different style of development. And at the end of the day, life happens, no matter whether you've got a diagnosis of a condition or of a mental illness or whatever. We all go through things in our lives when you need a little bit of support. I mean, you know yourself, sometimes you just need someone to chat with. You just need a shoulder to kind of lean on, don't you? Um, and we're very fortunate in the fact that we can offer that to the students because it's not an easy thing to come no, into a nursing program. You know, it's it's a really, really heavy course and it comes with a lot of things. And and like I say, life happens and you don't know what's around the corner. So if somebody needs that little bit of support um, and I think, Ian, you're you're completely correct in saying that we're very lucky here that we kind of can make a difference, you know, in our students' lives, but they then go on to make a difference in, you know, hundreds of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I always think, you know, throughout my whole career, my training, I was very, very fortunate that everyone I came across was lovely and so supportive. And I want to be that person for other people now. Yeah. And I think, you know, yes, there are not so nice people in the world and some people might not have the best experience with people, but I always think that every nurse in this world was a student nurse once before in their life. Um, whether they forget that or not, but why not give that student the best experience at the end of the day, they're going to be who might be potentially looking after you when you're older mm-hmm. um, or at a later point in your life. And I just think we're in such a fortunate position as academics that we can still use our experience from practice to, you know, understand some of the things that would do exceptionally well, maybe some areas of development and, you know, nothing's perfect. So it's something we can work on. And that's something that we can pass on to our students who can then pass on to other people as well. So it's like that ripple effect fact isn't it yeah and to be part of it's just incredible did you think you'd end up in academia when you were starting out I thought that I'd probably end up in teaching at some point in my life because it was something that was I was so exposed to as a child um and was so sort of inbred in my family's existence I don't think I thought that I'd be in this position at this age um I thought that I'd probably have more experience under my belt when I applied for this job um I didn't expect to get it at all it was purely an experience thing in my mind um, and I was very surprised when they said that they, I was able to continue and that I had got the job. Um, so, yeah, it's not where I thought I was going to be at this age, but it is something that I thought I would do at some point in my life. What about you, Marie? Yeah, I would agree to an extent because obviously my I'd always grown up with the vision of being a teacher, um, probably in primary school, though. Um, so, no, I probably wouldn't have thought I would end up in academia. But in similar to Charlotte, I think I know me and Tressa have spoken about this the the world of work in an academia is one that you would never fully understand unless you had been in it. Mm-hmm. And I know that now. Um, and for all, there is probably areas of development or potentially areas that aren't always positive. Tressa and I, and Charlotte probably would agree as well, feel very lucky and privileged mm-hmm. to have been given the opportunity, especially at the age we're at, because we're all like mid 20s, late 20s, 30. Um, Absolutely, for everybody listening, I am in my mid 20s. You wish. That's a lie. Um, But yeah, we're all between that 25 to 30 bracket. So we are still young um, and fairly fresh in practice. And I think actually that's a benefit. I don't think it should be viewed as a, you don't have the experience because in actual fact, we are very capable of relating to the students that we are coming across day in day out because we know what it's like to be in their shoes and we're all still very fresh or current in practice from still working there and I think we all don't make it a secret to the students that we don't know everything you know it's a massive learning curve for us and from my experience because at the beginning I thought are they going to find that quite 
a challenge, but an actual fact they're quite appreciative of you being honest and saying, we're learning it together. And if I don't know, I'll find out. Yeah, I would massively agree. And I think that's probably a massive selling point of ours. You know, the fact that we are still in practice or, you know, not long away from practice, we can actually relate. You know, I've had conversations with students about areas that I've worked in or still work in. And, you know, it's nice to have that relatability. Um, obviously, we'll maintain confidentiality when we're having our conversations, but it's about, you know, the actual run-ins of the places. Um, you know, if you have a really anxious student that's been allocated a placement that they don't know what kind of it involves, you can have a conversation and say, well, actually, that placement is, you know, an area for you know psychosis or non-psychosis and have a little bit of a chat about what it entails Mm -hmm. and that can just you know provide that little bit of reassurance um and I think you know we're very good at understanding what they're going through Mm because really it wasn't that long ago Mm -hmm. yes it was a while ago but not in the grand scheme of things that we done our training um Mm -hmm. and it's quite nice to have that and I think we have a massive appreciation for the students and what they're going through because we understand it um and, and it's lovely to have that and to be able to chat about that. Mm-hmm. And I think the students do really appreciate it. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I think, I didn't think I'd end up here. This is not what I ended Did up you not? I didn't, not at all. But if I think about it now with a bit of like hindsight, I probably was always headed this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't maybe acknowledge it and realize yeah. it as much. And I came probably came a little bit later than you guys. I've probably been in practice a bit longer than you guys mm-hmm. before you came to academia. And I've probably got 15 years under me belt nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a surprise when I kind of did get the job. I didn't expect to get the job, but I did. But similar to you guys, I thought, ah, I'm not for that. It's They're a common theme, isn't job. it? When you get the phone yeah, call. Yeah, it was. Is that it, why was. you chose us for today, Ian? <laughs> well, no, well, was, I'd, I'd heard a rumour you all had interesting stories. That was that was why I chose Oh, we're very good at talking. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that too. There's one other thing I want to touch on before I get on to kind of the last couple of questions. You guys both did quite a lot of travelling. Mm-hmm. I think you have as well. I did pre-nursing. Um, okay, so it, it, it's it's interesting to hear that in your clinical practice that you've gone and you've travelled after you've qualified quite a lot. Was that hard, very nearly qualified, or was that? Did you know that was going to happen at the beginning of your training? Did you think mm, I'm going to qualify and do loads of travelling? Yeah, I think I always kind of knew, especially with Australia, because they have really strict can't speak requirements to get in. So they ask that you have a certain amount of experience before you actually go there. I mean, I think it's a very privileged thing to do. I love the position that I'm in, that I've, you know, I come from Ireland. I work in England, you know, I've volunteered in Africa and I've lived in Australia and I've seen the healthcare facilities and the healthcare systems in all those places and I've been involved in them. And it's it's an opportunity to, you know, compare and contrast both the positives and the negatives. You know, I brought a lot back from Australia with me. Um, they are very far in advance in comparison to the UK in some areas. And there's things that I was able to kind of bring into practice when I went back to practice and it was really, really a positive experience for everybody involved, you know. Um, and as well, you know, there's things out there that they're a little bit behind on, just depending on what area it is. But to actually sit back and think, actually, that makes sense. And you can see where we're headed because Australia's already reached that. Or, you know, you can see that Australia's on their way, on their way there because we have already reached that. And I think it's fascinating to see that although it's the same job, how different it is in each different environment. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. I think being able to see that different healthcare systems. So I worked when I was in Romania. I did my elective in Romania, actually, um, which I don't think we've really talked, touched on. So I, as part of the degree that I was in, we got an elective placement that we could choose to go anywhere. So I did eight weeks working in a Romanian hospital just because I had contacts out there. And that was a very different experience again and a very different healthcare system again. So that was obviously in Europe. And, and then obviously I've worked in South Africa as well, as I mentioned before. I think I always knew I'd go back to South Africa. It was something I was asked when I was 18 if I would ever consider going back. So there, 
position is that they can't employ a nurse into that job because it takes nursing away from their hospital system, which they are desperately in need of nurses for. So the foundation have only got the option of employing nurses on a voluntary voluntary basis. So I think it was something that I always thought I'd probably end up going back to. And I think it was a real challenge for me adjusting. I obviously had been working in adult nursing. I'd been working with complex neuro patients who can honestly be very similar to babies and children in their presentation at that point and that significantly um, impaired version of their being at that point in time. But going into a child setting where I was working and caring for generally, hopefully mostly functioning well children who needed that support in their home environment, it was quite a challenge and quite a change for myself. So I went from having a team of nurses that I could work with, I could support, I could ask for questions to everything comes down to you unless you speak to the doctor at the hospital, if you possibly can get in touch with them, crack on and you're on call 24 hours a day. Like it was a very different atmosphere, very different responsibility level. So it was quite a challenge and a challenge that I actually really enjoyed and I think has prepared me well for future jobs and for where I am now. So interestingly, Charlotte and I went to the same university. Um, so I did my eight-week elective with the Nottingham Homeless team. Oh, oh wow. Um, and that was, that changed my life, if I'm honest, because I was probably quite naive and sheltered before that. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly was thrust into what was like being in a war zone in a third world country. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a shock to me system. So similar to that, it was a really defining placement. Right? Like, like, I was interested, but it's interesting to hear that you, what you yeah. did for your elective. So. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a really interesting place. Mm-hmm. I think that's crucial about nursing though. It's, and that's one of the best things about it is that it is universal. You know, it's, it's a degree that no matter where you complete it in the world, you can bring it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that's recognized worldwide, no matter where you are. And I think, you know, no matter where you go, people need looked after. So it's mm-hmm. something that you can do no matter where you want to be or where you are at that point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So last question, kind of to wrap things up. So it's been really interesting to hear like your different perspectives and actually the similarities of, of the reasons you've gone into them. I think that's been quite interesting. What What's the best thing about your branch of nursing? Charlotte, I'm going to pick on you first. Ooh. Um, specifically my branch, yeah. I would say I really like that I can relate to a lot of my patients. So I'm in the same life stage as a lot of the patients that I was caring for at the time when I was left neuro. And I think for me, that was really nice to be able to know what they were thinking and feeling and be at the exact same point as that. And a bit like we were saying with academia, being either in the position that they're in or having been in that position recently was really helpful for me to be able to relate to their headspace and what they're thinking at that point in time, that they're thinking about finances, that they're thinking about all the other implications of them being in hospital. It's quite easy to relate to if I was to put myself in those shoes because I can see myself in that position, given that I'm technically also an adult. You are, an, you are an adult. Mm-hmm. Is that why you can relate to yours, Louise? <laughs> <laughs> or your child? <laughs> only children. Yes. <laughs> um, the best thing about being a children's nurse, probably like what you've just touched on there, Tressa, which I'll take as a compliment, um, <laughs> is I like the ability to play. So I probably am like a child. Um, with children, I often hear, I don't know how you did that, especially working in children's oncology because you are faced with death and end of life. But the way I always explain it back to people is when I was a student nurse, I worked quite a lot with um, like the NHS staff bank, but it was mainly within like elderly care um, homes and things. And it used to break my heart when they had nobody around them and they were on their own and often waiting for family to come and 
nobody came. Um, whereas from a children's perspective, there is always people around them, parents, carers, siblings, grandparents, and it's quite a fun environment for the majority of the time. So I've worked with children on um, Christmas Day, for example, who have come in on Christmas Eve and been told they've got neuroblastoma and are now going to be requiring months and months of chemotherapy, surgery, radiotherapy. Now, as you can imagine, that's like the rug pulled from underneath you. But from a, a team, it's a very quick rally around of, okay, what was on your Christmas list? What have you got wrapped at home that is now not in Newcastle? So we can get that for you because there's quite quite a lot of funding, I suppose, and, and quite a lot of um, charities that we can tap into to provide support. There's a lot of dress up in terms of, you know, I was often Thor swinging my hammer around or the Hulk or a Disney princess, which never really went down well because I'm more of a tomboy, but um you know, just to try and make the day fun for them. Um, and that's something that within our teaching here, we try and um, embed within the programme. So you're not just going, it, it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. It can be positive and, and fun. Um, and I think based on the life experience I've had personally um, with various different things, I've got quite an appreciation for life. So I tend not to take things too seriously um, on the most part. Um, which I think has probably been quite a good attitude to have within paediatrics because life's very fragile and you never know what's going to happen. So having that sort of attitude is probably a good, I hate the word resilience, but I'm going to use it, you know, having that resilience and probably coping mechanism um, within that field. But yeah, that's probably the the best thing. The best thing about mental health uh, nursing, I would say, you know, it's it's being able to be part of that person's journey. We come across people at the worst times of their lives and being able to wake up in the morning and know that you've made even the slightest bit of difference in that person's kind of journey. Sometimes to that person at that time, it might not always be positive. They might seem it as, or see it as a negative thing. But ultimately when you stick with it, um, it might take days, it might take weeks, it might take months, but ultimately you get to the end and you get that thank you and it's the best feeling in the world. Um, and I often say to the students here, you know, we are some of the most privileged people in the world that we get to actually go through that with people. We have people tell us about the darkest, you know, most difficult times of their lives that they might not even have told their loved ones about. Um, and we are hearing it firsthand. And that's not something to take very lightly. That's something that you're absolutely privileged to hear and something that you're absolutely privileged to be part of and something that, you know, you should handle with care. And it's it's the best thing in the world to think that somebody actually trusts you enough to let you be part of that journey for them and help them in any way that you can. And I just think when you take a step back from the everyday kind of goings of uh, mental health nursing and you look at it from that perspective, it actually makes you realise how much of a wonderful, wonderful profession that is and, you know, how fortunate and how lucky we are to be part of that. Anybody else want to go and do mental health nursing? I, I did have to, I'm regenerating. <laughs> interestingly, I nearly changed in first year to mental health nursing. Everybody come along. I'm here all day. Yeah. Very, Children's very nursing nice. is also an option. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been absolutely fantastic to hear your stories. Um, thank you so much for giving up a bit of time today to talk to me. You're um, if anyone's listening and, and they've got any questions or they want anything they want to do, if you send them to me, ian.braithwaite-one at sunderland.ac.uk. I can forward those on to the other guys if you need me to. If you've got any questions, anything you want to, any comments you want to make, please send them over. Great to listen today, guys. Thanks for your help. And we'll be back soon. See you later. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.